0: Welcome to Kansas is Lit on KSFDB Online Radio. I'm your host, Wasker Medina, Lit Editor for 785 Magazine and the current Poet Laureate of Kansas. Today's guest is Annette Hope Billings. Annette Hope Billings is an award-winning poet known for the impact of her audible presentations of work. In 2015, she brought her registered nursing career to an early end to fully pursue her passion for writing. That same year, her first collection of poetry, a Net Full of Hope received Topeka's Art Connects Artie Award in Literature. Her second and third books, Descants for Daughter and Shy of Stars, followed. Billing's work, including prose and short stories, can also be found in a variety of anthologies, as well as in print and online journals. One of the events she values most is the monthly Open Mic in its eighth year, First Wednesday Speakeasy Poets in Noto, which she co-hosts with Sue Edgerton. Johnston. Annette, how are you today?
1: I'm pretty close to marvelous this evening. And how about yourself?
0: I'm excited. I'm glad I'm glad I have time to speak with you and the audience gets to hear some of your wonderful work today.
1: Thank you for the invitation. I'm pleased to be here.
0: You know, I I don't want to rob the audience of of any of your poetry today. Is there any way we could start with a poem today?
1: Well, certainly. The first one I'll share is called Crosshairs. Considering this current length of quarantine homebound time with its deluge of poem-worthy world affairs, one would imagine I'd have volumes of news-related poems. Truth is, I am gravid, pregnant, past due with poetry, but with no delivery date in sight. All the nests for new natal words are lined with thorns and under siege, so I keep my poetry to myself. It's hard to write with a rampant virus who has crowned itself king. And in addition, there are those feral men in long white robes, not to be mistaken for angels they with their tiki torches. Instead of typing, I sit fretting at my keyboard, imagining which ism will get me first. I am caught, caught in the crosshairs of Corona and racism, and it's just a matter of which is the better shot. I am pulled from writing to peep out the windows and check the doors. When I return to work, I find my train of thought has jumped the tracks. I lean against the back of my poet's chair, my muse bound and gagged. I, the poet, I I am still here, but it is so hard to write. I am still here, but it's so hard to even breathe.
0: Makes me want to take a deep breath and exhale for a moment.
1: Yes. Yes. I think the importance and power of just breathing is uh, highly underestimated. So I, I try to remind myself of inspiring and expiring and letting my breath ebb and flow.
0: It is the constant reminder that we're here. Yes. We're, yes. Even in these troubling times, we're, we're still yes. here yes. And, and still yes. still able to write and still able to create. You've been with Speakeasy for eight years now. I remember when you guys were at Skivvy's downtown. That was yes. a long time ago. Would, would you like it to was. enlighten us?
1: when we searched for a place to hold our monthly open mic of course we needed somewhere that was rather centrally located and required no money from us <laughs> since we had no uh, financial basket at all to draw from and the owner of Skibbys was more than happy to have us meet at his bar and it became um, just a a wonderful thing to look forward to each month and and brought in such a delicious wide variety of people from people who were regulars at Skibbys to other people who may just have walked by and heard us reading and came in to share something or came in to listen. Uh, Young people, middle people, uh, older people, uh, it was wonderful. And I, I would like to think that we have carried that diversity through our location changes and through the years, welcoming and diverse, yes.
0: I agree. I I believe every location, uh, we picked up more fans of Speakeasy Poetry Group. Every time I went to a new venue, there were new faces, and those new faces continued to return to the Speakeasy Open Mic Nights, and it was such a safe space. I remember when I first got involved uh, with poetry in Topeka, uh, you were— you you're like a mother to me. You, you brought me in under Aww. your wing, and, and you were so so careful to, to, to give me support and, and to ensure that I continued on, even when days seemed really, really difficult. Thank you. Oh,
1: with, with, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but in thinking about this evening, I thought that I could very easily spend our whole time together telling you how much i love and admire you and how wonderful i i think you are and making sure that the airwaves contain all the the accolades that that you deserve <laughs> <laughs> so it could, it could just be a love fest this evening <laughs> that would be fine with me i, I uh, almost instantly thought of you as a son but i didn't want to be presumptive presumptuous at all Uh, I know you have a lovely wonderful mother but I I have always thought of you as a fine fine person and and if I had had a son I would like him to be just like you yes
0: I think I thank you so much for saying that I I do refer to you as my my poetry mother my poetic mother you know you've you've, you've been there for so long do you mind sharing another piece of poetry with us today
1: I will untitled this is the gods for their amusement granted me quite the trifecta just to see what life i'd make of it make her black they said then make her female they said and then make her queer and i've taken i've taken that trifecta and i have run with it and made this life my own, and I giggle at my defiance. I giggle when I'm not bursting out with a roar. And then a haiku, and I'll read it twice. Earth readies herself to relinquish summer and let autumn fall. Earth readies herself to relinquish summer and let autumn fall.
0: And here we are in in autumn, and it feels that way right now, with the weather, and it makes me feel more introspective. Uh, do you feel yourself writing more introspective work this time of year?
1: I do. It, it's, um, you know, of course, winter turning into spring is quite dramatic and moving also, but there's something about... Uh, autumnal energy, weather, people, that really draws me to introspection, as you say, and also to be, I think, less uh, fearful about change because the change in autumn is so beautiful, even though it eventually turns to the brown of death and decay, supposedly, in, in that interim before uh, the resting phase is such uh, an array of brilliant color. And actually, Autumn reminds me to not consider a book good or bad <laughs> until you've read it through to the end. Because at the end of, of Autumn, uh, when winter uh, approaches, it looks like everything is dead and lifeless. But oh, below the ground, Earth is already readying itself for another grand display of life and, and resilience. And I think autumn reminds me not to fret so much, that it will all be okay. Now, when I, what I've learned with aging is that okay isn't necessarily, it won't necessarily look like I hoped or thought it would but I always come to a place of acceptance about what, what that particular okay is of a situation. So I love Autumn, I love it. I love it so much that my daughter's middle name is Autumn. Her birthday is November 2nd, and I found myself quite pregnant uh, uh, with her 1977. And I was you know struggling with those third trimester, uh, discomforts, but then I woke up on a day and was outside and I felt absolutely one with the day. Like there was no separation between my, my belly and the sky and the leaves and the wind. And I said to myself, because back then you didn't necessarily know what gender you were going to have before birth, I said to myself, if I, if I have a daughter, I will name her Autumn. So my daughter's name is Tiffany Autumn.
0: That's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, my son is uh, Sebastian Rook Medina. Sebastian Rook is a pen name for a series of vampire uh, historical fiction um, that was written a long time ago. And uh, I, I let him know about it here recently. He, he's of age for that, so uh, yes, not, not old enough yes. to read the work yet. In time, he will have access to you know some, some young lit, and um, I hope that he enjoys it as much as I did growing up. So, so we'll see yes. in, in, good, in, in good time. And we have known each other I'd say eight oh, eight years
1: right now yes yes
0: quite a time I my yeah. I first encountered you at a at a reading and it was a uh, it was a wonderful experience at, at, at I don't exactly remember the name of the individual at that reading I apologize it's, it's leaving oh, me I, right did, now.
1: I don't recall I, I don't recall. <laughs> What the reading was, but I recall uh, meeting you. I had heard so much about you from people that I uh, uh, loved and admired and thought very highly of, and I was uh, excited about meeting you, not knowing that I would meet you that particular evening. But uh, it was certainly a a good day, a good day, and we'll be friends for life. We will, you know, either even if one of us moves, or uh, we'll be friends for life. I know
0: that we will. We will. Yes. All the changes of the seasons, uh, the constant will be our friendship. It's very, it's very evergreen. Yes,
1: yes, yes.
0: Would you like to share some more poetry with us, Annette?
1: I'll do that. I have the obligatory cat poem (laughs) entitled Persian. The cumulative time I spent petting my cat who lays warmly draped over my thigh. That time might be better spent on saving the world. My contribution to world peace is not a zip zero nothing. Or would it be better spent? My cat can lay thusly only because she knows nothing of the world's wolves at the door. No, she says in perfect Persian. I am a cat. I know everything. Uh, yet another one, untitled. I love the sky. Sky, moon, stars, planets. I love it. Love it. Day sky, the night sky. It's, it's all, all beautiful to me. This one. The mouth of a crescent moon waters at the sight of Venus. It invites her to come, come rest in its curve. Soon, the moon whispers, soon I will be full again with no place for you to nestle into. Venus, wise as she is lovely, declines. No, thank you, she smirks. I know you to be quite full of yourself nightly. Now shine yourself away.
0: I find your poems always with a touch of, it's very sensual. Uh, it, there's a, I, I could feel the poetry that, that you share and the way that you deliver it. Um, you know, people have referred to you as Demire the Midwest. Uh, how, how do you take oh. that title? How do you feel with that that namesake?
1: you know when i i i of course loved and love maya angelou and she was one of the first uh, authors that i became aware of as a young girl and her book i know why the cage bird sings was actually i called it my it was my first gospel so uh, when i heard that comparison to her I was a little bit taken aback because I thought I ought not be compared to anyone, (laughs) anything close to dear Maya Angelou. But as time passed, I I came to realize that it takes nothing from Maya Angelou for me to be compared to her or anyone else for that matter. Uh, Nothing is taken and everything is gained and, and what better reference? might I have for my life and my work, even now that she's gone, she's still living in her words and her impact that her words have and will continue to have on people. So I, I thought at first, those are really, I have really big feet, but those are really big <laughs> shoes to fill. <laughs> and of course, it's, it's not her shoes that I walk in, it's my very own, but we we have taken some similar steps with having very uh, tough and traumatic early beginnings to our lives and having to overcome some tough, dark things. And I, I think one of the things that I really most appreciated about her, her story was the, the time that she just simply, I don't, I don't know that you would say she refused to talk. she, She couldn't. Talk after she had been sexually assaulted. I think it was for over a year. And her teachers were saying that she was uh, addled, brain, uh, dumb, and her her brother was the one that insisted that she was just fine. For for someone who was as word-worthy, well-spoken as Maya, if she could recover from an experience that left her Speechless, left her wordless, and then go on to recover her voice. It, it reminds me of, of how much the human spirit can not only endure, but heal from, heal after, and, and that step that's beyond surviving and healing, which I, I call thriving. So
0: it's um, a level of resiliency that I believe we all possess. We just need. Uh, sometimes we give ourselves permission to tap into that strength that is inside of us all, and I believe uh, poetry yes. does does assist us., yes. it's a tool for yes. that,
1: oh my absolutely yes, it's always been such a a constant and dependable and powerful voice for me. There were a number of years that the things I write I wrote had written. No other eyes saw them beside my eyes because they were f- they were for me they were for my healing for my discovery of of who i was and and what i was so when noth- when everything else and most everyone else failed me poetry prose uh, uh, books uh, have always been there,
0: there yeah. those words are always there I, I I have a similar experience with words they were the constant for me as well, the the one I could turn to and speak with, uh, without um, being judged. Uh, sometimes just being heard, and also uh, going through the work and and finding out how I really felt about something, expressing it, and yes. and traveling through yes. it in a safe way.
1: Yes. Yeah. There was always a lot of direction about what I sh- should or should not do as a little brown girl growing up in Kansas or growing up in the world, lots of information, lots of references, lots of volumes, rules about what I should not do, not say, not think, not feel. But it was through reading and writing that I began to realize that there were a lot of do's that I was uh, empowered to do. Of course, that took a long time to feel em- empowered writing and reading and my 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 writing came from a love of reading and that love of reading was instilled in me by my mother who had her hands full raising four children as a widow but she was (laughs) very good at finding uh free offerings or low-cost offerings in the community and so the library was just a place that she introduced us to and helped us uh, realize and utilize and she wanted us to have as much of the world as she could afford to give us so from my love of reading came my interest and curiosity and love of writing yeah i think the best writers are those that are the most well read
0: I i completely agree the library is where the world is, is kept in, in text yes. for us to, to explore. It's it's waiting yes. for us. We, we don't have to yes. pay you know, to travel across a river or an ocean yes. or into another territory. Limitless. It's limitless.
1: Limitless. Yes. yes.
0: The library, I love the library. The Topeka Library is a wonderful one as well.
1: Oh, we're very fortunate to not just have a library, but to have uh, the staff and support and energy of our particular library. I, love it. I I love it. And it's so writer friendly. Yes. <laughs> so much of my writing life as as a novice, as a, a curious person, as someone wanting to do really well with something that I really love, the library was invaluable, is invaluable in helping me find my way. Yes, very much so.
0: I go to the library to this day, forever, to go sit in the quiet room in the corner and and edit work. It is one of the places where i had this instinctual feeling that this is what i'm here to do i'm going to be quiet everyone around me is quiet it's different than the the editing experience is different than than the writing because i can go to a coffee shop and write the noise is there there's life there but the the deeper focus that is necessary i find it in a library it it seems like a more um a spiritual place to visit for me It's, it's very quiet and and I, I sit there, and yes. it's it, not that it's a, a church, but it has that 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 respect of silence that sometimes we forget in other places.
1: You know, that was my thought exactly. That it's for me, it feels um, church-like. You know, like a, a sanctuary. There's so much. The word energy keeps returning to me, but there's the all the stories that are being. Read and realized by readers, all all of the, the even the the letters, the the different fonts, you know, the, the different plot lines, are, I think it's very um, dynamic, dynamic. And I think there's just this powerful hum that exists in a good mm-hmm. library. But it's not a hum that's distracting at all. It's one that really for me, spurs me on. Does that make sense?
0: It makes complete sense. That that is the energy yes. I feel. That there's something reverberating in that space yes. constantly, and yes. and I, I think it's in the books. Like I think people have, yes. have poured yes. their energy and their love and and and, and their lives into, into the work that they've written, and they've collected all in one place together.
1: Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree.
0: Do you have some more poetry for us today? Annette? it,
1: I have some shorter things. My my second collection was is called descants for daughter daughters descant for daughters and a descant is a part of music which is a high a high song that is sung above a melody and that idea of living a descant life a life that's above the ordinary was something that i wanted very much for my daughter and the more i i wrote these descants I realized I wanted them not only for my daughter, but for every daughter and for every son, for every person, for those who are not on the gender binary. I, I wanted uh, everyone to have a descant life, a life that was above the ordinary. And I, these were just little uh, one, two, or three word um, affirmations, I guess you would call them. And I did not title them since they were short. I just, they are numbered. So this one I believe is descant number twenty-three. Hold steady when your glory goes unnoticed, when your brilliance is mistaken for for commonplace. Know that excellence is often overlooked because there are four more jewels. There are far more jewels than there are eyes to acknowledge them. And just another thought. Sometimes the only prayer I can offer up is a wordless, appreciative gaze of a white-on-blue Kansas
0: sky. That's beautiful. That's beautiful, Annette. Thank you. When, uh, Thank you. you know, you, you talked about... Um, overlooked, that, that word, I, I think about that word. And I think a lot of, of writers and poets in, in, in Kansas in general, um, on, on, a, on a national scale, if not even just in their local communities, uh, these, these other poets who are, who are trying to make names for themselves or, or publish work, they, they feel overlooked sometimes. And I know there were times that I felt that way when it came to my work. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to, to poets who, who are feeling uh, overlooked for their talent level?
1: You know, so so much of life, just in general, is um, where you happen to be at a particular time or or when a particular vibration is happening. I know in my earlier writing life, I fretted about the the lack of of letters behind my name that indicated that I was a well-studied writer with... uh, numerous well-known publications and well-known anthologies and that i i didn't uh have the formal recognition of being a writer of course that was nonsense but it it took me it takes me a while to to realize that your worth cannot be determined by anything or anyone outside of you so if i would give uh, not advice per se but if i would share a thought is that a person's worth a writer's worth cannot be determined by anything or anyone outside of them that their work stands on its own merit whether that's a little bit of merit or a lot of merit and for me i always come back to the, re- the reason why i write now i love it when other people enjoy my work or are moved by my work or my, my work makes them Uh, laugh or squirm, but I write initially for my own soul's sanity and and salvation. That's why I began to write as a, a young girl, was to have some place to record my life, some place to put things down in a form that I could live with. Because for me, putting things down on paper gives them some shape or form that I can Maybe contain in some way those those um, experiences in life that feel far out of containment. So I, I think it, it. I would also encourage people to remember why they write. Now they may have a totally different reason than than my personal one, but I think keeping your impetus for writer for for writing front and center helps. And the other thing i i would have to say about being overlooked or feeling overlooked is it's important if it's your desire to be better known to put yourself out there Mm. putting that self out there in all its guts and glory and fear and insecurities and questions about your uh, self or questions about your worth your validity as a writer Put yourself out there. And by out there, I, I, it could be anything from just attending a reading, not necessarily reading your work at a reading or even getting up from your seat at a reading. But spend time among other writers because the writers I enjoy most are those that take great delight in another writer's success. Now, you would think that those type of writers would be easily found say it ain't so that though that's harder to find than one might imagine but those that I feel the most uh, encouraged by the most affirmed by or are, are writers or artists not just writers but artists who take great delight in other artists success because truly and I'm going to get up on a little bit of a tangent here there is room, there is space, there are audiences, enough for us all, and then some. I think this is a, uh, the world has always been in great need of art, and always will be. There'll never be too much art, or too many artists. So I'm always um, confused by a notion that says, well, If that person wins that means I didn't win or if that person is reading then that means less attention for me So uh, again, I would encourage a new writer or a young writer or just someone who who wants to feel More validated. I would encourage them to spend as much time as possible With other writers and find your find your writing village and that village isn't necessarily people who write the same genre as you do, it's people who uh, I I would say vibrate on the same wavelength. So yes, I would I would remind someone to think about why they write. I would remind them that their their worth and validity can't come from anyone or anything outside of it of themselves. Even though it is, uh, rewarding and important to be acknowledged, rewards and trophies and. Uh, these they're important but what does it really mean to you what is the feeling that you get when you are actually writing does that make sense
0: that makes complete sense i think that's why people keep going back to the open mic night for speakeasy it it is that place to to be vulnerable to 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 go in, in there and share your work and everyone's very receptive everyone there is so supportive they they want you to shine because we, we are in what I believe to be uh, darker times at the moment and, and the more people that are shining the more Brightness enters the world. The more light, and, and yes. the better we walk away from those experiences together. Regardless if yes. we're an established poet, uh, our favorite—I'll say our favorite—because when I when I attend the open mics, is the new poets that show up.
1: Oh my goodness, yes!
0: That, oh my goodness, yes! That is the experience that uh, that I'm there for because I, I remember being that person. I, I just want to be able to to give that back, reciprocate some of that that love and and, and caring. Uh, from my peers that, and these are people that we already connect with words. We love words, we're yes. there to share words. Whatever those words may be, we're sharing them together. And that's a beautiful experience to have, and that alone is winning for me.
1: Yes, I'm like you in that the the person, the people that I most enjoy listening to are those who, it. It may be their very first time reading their poetry in front of a, an audience, or they may have had very little experience doing that. They may not know very little about the technicalities of writing, but they have got uh, the, the intent, the emotion. They are, they are right on target. And oftentimes, after I listen to someone who finds the courage to pour their heart out it feels in the word i I feel is it feels holy. It's like they have uh, allowed me to watch them give birth to themselves that I was allowed the privilege of of being there when they were at their most vulnerable and i I love purposely maintaining that sense of acceptance. I don't care about um, prizes or uh, uh, They have someone pay at the door or competition, and and not in that, not in that arena. I mean, competition and Mm -hmm. prizes is uh, very appropriate in other arenas. But my, my goal, and I know Sue feels thusly, is that it always, that speakeasy is always a place of acceptance, not just for that, that poet's work. Acceptance for that poet.
0: Thank you for for spending time with me today, Annette. Where can individuals Uh, go to to find your work?
1: I have a website, and it is annettefullofhope.com, but that is spelled A-N-E-T, full of hope. All one word, annettefullofhope.com. Yeah, that'll get you to, to my website.
0: If you'd like to be a guest on Kansas is Lit?, email me at lit785.com. Stay Lit, Kansas.